Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Louisiana, what up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Mural on this soggy Thursday morning. John Tabor doing a fabulous job. Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Now joining us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline, Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. What up, Chris? How you doing this morning, bud? Doing well, man. I understand you guys had some uh, rough weather here over the last little bit. Looks like it's about to roll into Baton Rouge, so hopefully we're about to batten down the hatches and hopefully by lunchtime uh, have this thing out of here and get ready for a three-game series with Mississippi State and LSU. Yes, uh, a big series, and Jake and I were going back and forth in the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, this storyline, this matchup has had, had several different storylines throughout the years. This year it changes and shifts a little bit. How big of a series is this for the Tigers, considering what took place against, I guess, the Cajuns in the midweek game and then last week? Uh, when you look at this series, how big is it for the Tigers? No, I think it's a big series, not necessarily because of Wednesday, uh, Tuesday's game, but just where you are in the SEC. I mean, I'm a firm believer. Nobody can convince me otherwise that, you know, at the end of the day, it's what you do in conference uh, that will – set you apart, get you a regional, get you a national seed and a home super regional. Um, and when you look at what LSU has done, they took two out of three out of a fairly good Missouri team, uh, lost two out of three to a good Vanderbilt team, a team that's much better at home, I think, than on the road because they're built for the stadium in which they play in. Uh, but here you are in the third weekend of the conference race, and you've got a team that's extremely scuffling, uh, to put it mildly, um, starting even before the season began uh, with all the, the coaching change and just the whole, you know, the whole aura around the, the Bulldog program, really kind of an upheaval. Uh, and they've struggled. Um, and they've struggled in SEC play with only one win coming after 15 innings against Missouri. Now, it'd be nice to say, hey, here's a chance to sweep the Bulldogs at home. And while there is a chance, uh, they still have talented guys. Uh, I think there's a lot going on in Starkville at the moment. Uh, but, you know, they get away from Starkville. They play in Baton Rouge. It's going to be, you know, the biggest rivalry for, I think, you know, Mississippi State and, and LSU. I mean, I know Ole Miss and Mississippi State naturally a rivalry in everything they compete in. But when you look at the rivalry in college baseball, um, there's really none bigger than LSU and Mississippi State. So having said that, it's not going to be easy to sweep. It's not going to be easy to win the series. But if you're LSU, Early on, if you're able to win two, possibly three, I mean, you're right, you know, right smack dab at the top uh, of the SEC West where you want to be. I mean, you want to get as many wins as you can because certainly the competition in the SEC is going to get a lot tougher than you've seen in the first three weeks. All things considered, is it fair to consider this series a must-win for LSU? 
you know, I will mention it to you guys because, uh, you know, you're a couple hours away from here. It's not something I would utter here in Baton Rouge because, again, first of all, coaches don't like to ever say must wins, regardless of when it comes, um, and it's certainly this early in the season. But, I mean, if there was one that kind of fits that mold this part of the year, I, I would say so. And, again, it's just because you, you get to get a little extra leg up, put yourself in good position where, you know, if you – get some guys back healthy in the next three to five weeks when some of those big series come your way, both at home and on the road. You know, it's almost like free agency, uh, something you can't do in college, but the fact that they're down, uh, you know, Josh Smith basically the whole season, now Brant Broussard for three to five weeks. Uh, hopefully it's on the shorter side of that uh, prognosis. Um, you know, you got guys who are also getting solid minutes like Hal Hughes, and now Austin Bain, who's, you know, done everything so far this year. So you kind of build some depth there. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's close to a must-win for this part of the year. Chris, quite a scene uh, yesterday. Paul Maneri walking out to the practice field, glove in hand. Uh, he looked all business, uh, ready to get batting practice, and some smirked and, and giggled at the, that notion. But from what we understand and from all the different reports, uh, he does mean business and gives a pretty uh, nasty uh, BP session. You could tell after the game on Tuesday night it's, you know, it's not that they lose the game. I mean, obviously, that's that's a big part of it. But it's just the way they're losing games. Um, you know, 10 hits and producing one run. Uh, only two leadoff batters got on base in the whole ball game, one on an air, one on a base hit. Other than that, you know, they were playing from behind, um, you know, basically every inning. And they had six of their 10 hits with two outs, which, you know, again, the Tigers have had a propensity to score with two outs this year, but it's not certainly in your favor percentage-wise. Um, and, and there were just some mistakes that Coach Maneri felt like they've been working on since day one. They work in practice, and for some reason it's not translating into the game. So, yeah, um, you know, from what I understand, when, when Coach Maneri uh, takes the BP, it's uh, pretty close to the plate, and uh, it, it runs up there pretty quick. He reaches back and fires, and, He's looking to throw it inside on you, and you're not stepping out. And there's no stop. It's pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch. Um, because as he really pressed to the media yesterday, he just doesn't feel like guys are, are attacking the opportunity to be the guy in those situations. And You know, when you look back at the success of LSU, uh, going back to Skip Berkman days, I mean, when they've had really, really good teams, uh, there have always been a handful of guys that want to be at the plate with a game on the line, whether it's in the ninth inning, the fifth inning, sixth inning, wherever it is. And he just feels like, you know, they've got guys who can do that. Nobody has seized that opportunity. So, yeah, they went through the VP from hell. Chris Ware, the voice of the LSU Tigers, joins us for his weekly visit on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Chris, there were a lot of positives came out of last weekend's series, including the starting pitching. Zach Hetz did not have a great performance, but the other two certainly did. Uh, those things that can be built upon come this weekend against Mississippi State. Yeah, when you take a look at what the pitching looked like to start the season the month of February to where it is now, I think we're all kind of shocked. Uh, you know, the sky was falling, uh, especially the opening weekend of the series against Notre Dame uh, from a pitching standpoint, certainly the starting rotation. Um, that has settled down. I mean, you've had really two, one bad outing for Head and one not so great outing from Head. Um, then you've you know, pretty much sandwiched between those two, uh, you know, what you expect. And then Caleb Gilbert, I think, may have turned the corner where he has become Mr. Consistent um, and, and what you, you know, kind of thought he would be coming into this year. 
And then Mikael Hilliard's just been a pleasant surprise uh, and continues to get better. So I think from that standpoint, uh, you got to feel pretty good. And then the bullpen really hasn't let you down, albeit except one game. Uh, you know, the second game of the Missouri series, you know, the wheels came off for whatever reason. But outside of that, I mean, the bullpen has been strong. They were pitching was good on Tuesday night. I mean, A.J. Labus finished with six strikeouts. He gave up three runs, but all the scoring was done. Uh, in three innings, two in the first and one in the third. And when he left the game, he certainly had a chance to win, and the bullpen surrendered no more runs. So uh, I think pitching-wise, it's a difference from what we thought a month ago. And, you know, we never really doubted whether or not the, the hitting would be a factor because they hit the ball so well and they had guys in the lineup. But make no mistake, the loss of Brent Broussard, uh, you know, it was a big drop-off when Josh Smith's gone because simply his glove is short and his ability to hit at the top of the order, not to mention his leadership. Uh, but now you throw Brant Broussard in there, who became the number one hitter and probably the best fielder, uh, with the absence of Josh Smith no longer in the lineup. So it's, it's a big loss. Uh, but, you know, I like Coach Maneri's process. There, there's no excuses here. You came to LSU, whether you were a starter as a freshman or not, you were brought here because you need to play, and you can play, and you need to take the attitude of which that if the guy goes down, yes, I'm ready to go. And that's what he's challenged this team to do. Due to the travel policy, only play a seven-inning game on Sunday. Did fans, or more importantly, uh, the team and you know get cheated out of a great game on Sunday, only playing seven? No, no question about it. I mean, again, who knows what would have happened in the two innings. LSU could have gave up six runs, um, you know, or LSU could have scored six runs. fact of the matter is that rule was put in place before – the advent of every team in the SEC chartering the plane. You know, it's interesting to me how blessed the SEC is, considering that when we play a non-conference opponent virtually every Sunday, there's a travel curfew because they've got to travel to either New Orleans or to Baton Rouge and make a commercial flight to get home. doesn't happen in the SEC. It hadn't happened really since Paul Maneri got here. Um, LSU was one of the first teams, the first team in the SEC to go charter, and then everybody else, keeping up with the Joneses, did the same, which was good for the league. problem is they've got an antiquated rule that says if you have to continue a game or have two games due to weather on a Sunday or a Saturday, the final day of the series, uh, one or both need to be seven-inning affairs. And it's just there's no reason for it. And last Sunday, I think, illustrated really the need to change that rule because the game three started on time when it was originally scheduled at 12 noon. No reason to play seven innings. So, Hopefully they take a look at that. I know Coach Maneri told me Monday on his coaches show that that's item number one uh, for the SEC baseball coaches when they meet this fall is to get rid of that rule or at least say, hey, if the rule is uniform, there ought to be ways to come to an agreement between the league office, the umpiring crew, and the two coaches to go ahead and play a nine-inning ball game. It's just old and, and outdated, and there's no need for it. I'll ask you a quick uh, basketball question. Uh, last night, Naz Reed went off in the All-American game, uh, dominated uh, the interior. It was kind of something that, you know, LSU was missing uh, this year and the fact that he's going to be with the Tigers next year. Did you get a chance to watch any of his performance last night? And I'm sure you've, you, you know, you followed his recruiting um, process. Right, what are LSU fans getting when Naz Reed comes on campus next year? Hey, well, you said it, a dominant, a dominant big guy, dominant presence in the lane. And I've had a chance to watch some of his film throughout the year, uh, along with Javante Smart um, and uh, Emmett Williams. I mean, these are 
these are, you know, it's almost hard to describe to LSU fans because it has been a while since they've had this type of talent about the set on campus. And for younger LSU fans, they have no concept. They've heard stories, but they've never really seen it up close. Um, but get ready. I mean, Coach Wade described it best. The Calvary's on the way, and they are. Um, these guys are going to have an impact on this team. This, these guys are going to have an impact on this conference from the moment they step on the floor. It's going to be um, – it's going to allow LSU to do a lot more, uh, both offensively and defensively, than they could even dream about this past season. And to their credit, uh, it was a pretty good scoring team at times most of the season. The overwhelming majority scoring wasn't the issue; it was defense. But you know, again, you can look at all the highlights from Williams and, and Reed and, and Smart. Uh, but the best thing is that they're a defensive-minded group. And you know, when you looked at the highlights from last night. Uh, that kind of stood out. I mean, really nobody wanted to take him on in the lane, and nobody could stop him when he, you know, take the ball from 20 feet up, a couple of moves, a couple of crossovers, spin in the lane, and, you know, have a nice touch to the basket. So if you're not excited about these guys showing up, then you obviously aren't a basketball fan. Uh, we'll get into a little spring football next week. I know you wear a lot of hats down there, Chris Blair. What do you think, being a meteorologist? Uh, they're going to play this game tonight? They're going to be able to get it in? Yeah, I mean, all indications are that this was supposed to show up uh, right about now, and they were right. You know, give give the meteorologist uh, a high five, uh, even though you don't want this weather. But it's here now, and, uh, you know, they're hoping that it will move out. They put the tarp on last night after Mississippi State uh, went through their uh, practice, came into the ballpark. They went through uh, their stuff last night and then immediately put the tarp out on the field. So um, they were prepared for it, and – you know, again, this stuff's supposed to clear out of here just uh, around lunchtime or just after. So, with a seven o'clock first pitch, I think we'll be ready to go. Your broadcasting partner, John Brady, is slated to uh, join us tomorrow at seven forty-five. Is there a question or two that we could ask him that will get under his skin, Chris Blair? Hmm, that's a good one, man. Yeah, there there obviously are. Ask him how it was trying to carry me through the season. <laughs> you got to pull back. He's hurt. Yeah, yeah. Ask him. Ask him if he's gotten some treatment on his back from carrying me all year long. I'll do. Now you guys are going to enjoy that. I mean, that's one of the joys of working with Coach Brady because, you know, as I said to you guys way back when, I mean, he understands the game so well and can relay it so well, and you know, just is is able to translate the intricacies of a pretty complex game in simple terms. Uh, and there's a guy that absolutely loves it. And he loves it when he sees good basketball, and that makes it fun to work with a guy like that because he's having fun, kids are having fun, and I think it helps relay to the listener that it's it's time to have fun. Chris, you continue to do a fabulous job doing the play-by-play for LSU. I know you do a lot of other things behind the scenes. Is there anything you want to plug in terms of some of the other stuff that you're doing? Right now I'm just trying to keep it between the ditches. So, um, yeah, just – Tune in, you know, with Doug and I have a good time on the radio doing the baseball games. Bill Frankaz and I on the road enjoy doing it. Um, I think baseball and radio are kind of uh, just, they just go together like uh, peanut butter and jelly, I guess. So just invite people if they haven't tuned in to, to do so and follow us on Twitter. We, we interact with Twitter followers during the games, and uh, baseball is a lot easier to do that than the other two sports for obvious reasons. But yeah, just give us a listen, give us a try, and if you got constructive criticism, we're happy to hear it. Appreciate the time, bud. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. 
We'll be listening. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. Good stuff there. A couple of things to nibble on and chew on. <laughs> First of all, uh, <laughs> the question came up and arose about, you know, the series with Vandy. Right. And we were like, well, it's not like LSU is bussing. And the question was, well, I'm sure they had to catch a flight. And the whole thing I had was, I'm sure it was a chartered flight. And, th- and he brought that up as they all are chartered flights now. Yeah. Um, Just the difference between... Uh, the SECs and LSUs of the world and everybody else. Yeah, and I was – see, I didn't know that. So whenever you brought that up, I was trying to say, let's not speculate. Because we know. knew that was the case with basketball. Right. But I didn't know if that was the case for baseball. We just got confirmation right there yeah. that is certainly the case. Which makes absolutely no sense, as he said, that why these rules are still in place. Right, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Because that, that's what you brought up, the fact that they they're – you know, chartered flights, then they should be able to play deep yeah. into the day. And on the flip side, you have a, a Louisiana Tech playing against UAB in a conference yeah, USA series, and it goes 12 innings, yeah. and, of course, there was no end in sight. They right. weren't looking at their clock. They weren't thinking, well, this is when, you know. Well, they were taking a bus back, too, so they knew they did not have a flight to catch. Yeah, so, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but uh, here we are. All right, we got a couple more texts here. We'll get to them after the break. As Top 10 Thursday rolls along after this. As I mentioned there with uh, Chris Belayer, we are fired up as uh, John Brady, the former LSU head coach, will join us tomorrow morning at 745. We'll talk a lot of March Madness, and I'm sure uh, we'll take a walk down memory lane with him and revisit the Tigers' magical run to the Final Four. The Morning Drive returns after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. I'm Jessica Ledoux, member and employee for Washita Valley Federal Credit Union. Becoming a member of Washita Valley is much easier today. Memberships are now open to anyone who lives, works, worships, attends school, or owns a business in any of our seven parishes that we serve. Our goal is to offer you personal banking and to make sure you're getting the best rates possible. Washita Valley currently serves Caldwell, Franklin, Jackson, Lincoln, Morehouse, Washita, and Richland Parishes. We know you have a choice when it comes to your finances, and to us, you're not just a member. So if you live, work, worship, attend school, or own a business in Caldwell, Franklin, Jackson, Lincoln, Morehouse, Washita, or Richland Parish, let Washita Valley provide you with excellent service and secure financial well-being. Membership eligibility required. Member NCUA. When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. 
All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, in the 7 o'clock hour, I was bashing the fact that the Final Four will be on TBS and the National Championship game on TBS and the fact that they pull it away from CBS this year. And, of course, I think that's going to hurt the, the ratings and, of course, getting the product out there. Jake was giving me a hard time. Well, Quint, of course, comes to my defense and uh, throws one back at Jake. How is Jake from Vidalia and doesn't know about using rabbit ears to watch TV? There are no packages on an antenna. LOL. Okay, first of all, my confusion was I didn't realize they still had antennas that you could get, whether it be physical or digital. Yeah. Um, so millennial problems here. Millennial problems, <laughs> yeah, I guess. And, uh, and I fired back to Jake in terms of he, a child on the way, and he's going to have to make sacrifices, and I think Jonathan pointed him out, and I said, that may be one of the sacrifices you may have to make in the near future, uh, giving up cable. I'll cut out meals before. Okay, let's let's. Score. What would you cut out? The the granola bar that you bring in here every morning. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to just work out on an empty stomach. All right, speaking of working out, would you give up your gym membership? I already did that. All right, you already gave That's up. That's why I got the heavy bag. All right, and I got a bench and some free weights, so I already accounted for that. Uh, craft beer. I don't really spend money on beer. Huh. See, I'm I'm responsible. What about your Ed Orgeron windbreaker? It's my Ed Orgeron windbreaker. It's just a big picture of Coach O on the back. Yes. I'd hate to give that one up. Uh, the binder, the Ed Orgeron yeah. binder that you have. The copy of his binder. <laughs> yes. uh, You're not giving that up. No. For to, diapers? To, that's still framed in the baby's room. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Canada. That is a good question, though. What would I give up? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get you in trouble just yet. But I am backing you in a little bit of a corner here. Yeah, maybe, you know. Maybe just not. I would. You gave up a gym membership already. I wouldn't eat out as much. Yeah. I would. It's giving up, you know, channels for sports is like the last thing Ooh, I would yes. do. This right? is good. I, I would like go this. without food than that. I think. Does the wife know this? I think she suspects it. Like it's not a conversation we had, but not she yet. she would not be surprised. Like if she's going to work right now and hears this and goes, "Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me." <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Anyway, he's what not would you giving, give he's, up? he's not giving up Fox Sports 1. He's not giving up uh, ESPN Classic. Would you, hey, would you give up your hot tub or would you give <laughs> up your satellite? Huh? Uh, I'd probably give up the hot tub before the satellite. There you go. Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't know now that I'm thinking about it. You do often text me from the hot tub like, man, <laughs> yes. life is good. I'm watching 30 for 30. And I'm just proud that you got the title of 30 for 30, right? 888-993-7762. Look at where we've gone in this segment. All right, let's try to get this back on the rails. Uh, top 10 Thursday, Jake, uh, going through the list of the top 10 biggest upsets in March Madness history. Perhaps could we have another one this weekend on TBS? Loyola Chicago, of course, will be looking to upset Michigan and then on the horizon, a potential matchup with either Kansas or Villanova. Look, it's going to be tough. They're a really good team, but Michigan, like I've been saying all along, is just red hot, the hottest team in the country. I still like Michigan in that matchup. And that's not a, to disrespect Loyola Chicago. I just think that highly of Michigan mm -hmm. and what they've been able to accomplish this last month. I can go beyond this past month. All right, I think we've given up our computers here in the office for sake of uh, your child coming. Yeah, in. I think so, so. So help me out here. Uh, we are at number eight, correct? Number eight, uh, and here we have this, the fighting Steve Nashes, yeah. uh, Santa Clara over Arizona, 1993. 
So the reason this makes the list is because Arizona was loaded. They had six future NBA players on their roster, and Santa Clara was able to hold them to just 31% shooting. And I will say this, you know, they did have Steve Nash, which would certainly help. Steve Nash, I think, in most of our minds, would go on to become one of the greatest point guards yes. to play the game uh, in the NBA, um, two-time MVP. But, you know, they did have Steve Nash, but they didn't have much else. So the fact they were still able to overcome this great team with one great player, and Steve Nash wasn't lighting the world on fire in college either. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't what he eventually became. So the fact that, you know, they were able to overcome these six great players with Steve Nash uh, is deserving of making this. And list. when you're talking about name recognition, Santa Clara, <laughs> I mean, that's the things we enjoy, right? When, oh, that's, when that's the Arizona, the Kansas, the Missouris of the world, the Dukes lose to one of these programs. Mm-hmm. Do we have a call for this? Um, you know, Aaron, we actually do. All right. Let's Put it right over the front of the rim. Missed it. Rebound Stoudemire. Arizona's got a chance. Stoudemire. No. Tipped out. Santa wins. We're so reliant on technology. It's hilarious. Yeah. Aaron's, Aaron, if you don't make, you know, five sheets of notes that nobody can read but you, <laughs> yes. you're in trouble. Yeah, I know. Because he's got his – I just want people to see what he's doing. He's looking at his phone in one <laughs> hand, and he's got his computer – you know, his, his eyes are gazed upon his computer. His computer's not working. And I sent all this stuff to his phone, too, but he's not technologically. Well, the iPhone 3 sometimes doesn't work too The well. iPhone 3, yeah. <laughs> we all struggle with the iPhone 3. Yes. Anyway, that was number eight. Number seven, I have number 15, Norfolk, over number two, Missouri, in 2012. Now, people forget how good Missouri was. Like, whenever Missouri and Texas A&M came to the SEC, my first thought was, oh, they're getting a powerhouse in basketball in Missouri. Mm -hmm. Because in 2012, they won 30 games. Now, of course, they went downhill after that. Missouri didn't really offer much of anything. Um, I mean, they had a, I guess, winning the East was was something, but uh, the East was down. But anyway, uh, as far as basketball goes, they were a powerhouse back then. And the Big 12 that had three teams ranked in the top 10 in 2012. And they were a 30-win team. Um, yet Norfolk, Norfolk of all teams, the number 15 team, was able to upset Missouri. And because Missouri was a 30-win team, I thought that was that was a pretty special upset. Is this what it sounded like? This is what it sounded like. Gets it into his brother, Phil, who fires. Perhaps one of the biggest upsets in the history, certainly of early round play in the NCAA. Come on, Marv Albert. You got to deliver no better than that. No excitement. That was horrible. Yeah. Um, I agree. Did he have money on Missouri there or what? Possibly. Man. It's not Brent Musburger. Oh, come on. That should have been one of those shining moments. Oh, with a call. Still, that song still is overrated. Oh, Do man. away with the song. Oh, no. All right. Uh, number six. This is one of my personal favorites. Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah. 78, Georgetown 68 in the first round. It was the, – the reason why this is ranked as high as number six is because 
this was their second full season to play Division One, And not only that, but Georgetown was a powerhouse. You know, this is when the Big East was absolutely wrecking shop in, in the NCAA, and Georgetown was one of the faces of, of, of that league. Of course, they've kind of dropped down in re, you know recent years, but at that time, they were number two seed. And I think I actually picked Georgetown to win that year in my bracket just because, you know, I want to inform you on my bracket because everybody cares how mm-hmm. I do in my bracket. But Georgetown um, going down to Florida Gulf Coast, that spurned one of the more memorable runs in, in March Madness, not just because this was a, an underdog beating, you know, name value teams. It was an underdog that was fun to watch. They were dunking on people, at, like, nonstop. It was just so fun to watch them play. And uh, that's why I included number six. Just it, And know. then became a, just such a, a national story. And then everybody oh, yeah. just kept Googling, where, where is this school at? What is the deal? Uh-huh. And then, of course, you see the dorm rooms and, of course, the beach right yes. outside. And everybody's Beautiful like, well, yeah, this, this is where I want to be. Yes. And then and that was cool. That was and a whole other aspect about, of it. We've talked about that before, how – you know, an upset in March Madness can get a lot of money for schools, and uh, this certainly brought a lot of notoriety to Florida Gulf Coast. All right, we're down to number five. We'll continue the top ten coming up after the break. You can weigh in 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 returns after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. You want new window tinting for your car, and you're getting tax money back from Uncle Sam. Bring that combo to Magic Glass and Tint in West Monroe, and let us tint you up. Not only does professional tinting from Magic Glass keep your car cool, but it protects the interior from harmful, damaging UV rays, all at very affordable prices. Expert window tinting and accessories for your car or truck. Magic does it all. Magic Glass and Tent, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of CenturyLink. Now, let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, Jake, before we get to the top five and top ten Thursday, uh, let's revisit what the top ten is so far, or at least what the honorable mentions were, too. 
Honorable mentions wise, we had several. Uh, just to name a few: Middle Tennessee, stunning Michigan State, yeah. Valpo, buzzer beater over Ole Miss, Bryce Drew, Loyola Marymount beating Michigan. Yes. Uh, in Richmond, the first number fifteen seed to upset a number two seed, they took out Syracuse in nineteen ninety one. Looking for top 10 upsets in March Madness. So then at number 10, and the countdown is on. Number 10, Texas Western over Kentucky, 1966. Uh, number 9, VCU over Kansas to reach the Final Four in 2011. Number 8, Santa Clara over Arizona in 93. Number 7, uh, number 15, Norfolk over number 2, Missouri, a 31 team. And number 6, we have Florida Gulf Coast taking out number 2, Georgetown, 78-68. to 68. All right, at number 5. Number five, George Mason. George Mason taking out UConn. Now, I asked you this question last week, or maybe earlier this week. I asked, what, what's what been a more memorable run, George Mason, what they did in 2006, or what Loyola Chicago has done this year? My argument was for George Mason because of the caliber of teams that they beat. You look at Loyola Chicago, I'm not taking anything away from them, but the name recognition of those teams – do not compare mm. to this. The fact that they beat Michigan State, North Carolina, mm. and Wichita State yeah. to get to this UConn matchup. Now, this was a UConn team that was uh, one of the favorites and had four future NBA first-round picks. Four future NBA first-round picks, okay? That's, that's a big deal. Now, you look at this team, and for George Mason, this was a fun run, but I don't think anybody – expected them to get past UConn. Yeah, it's one thing to beat a, Mich- uh, a Wichita State. It's a completely other thing to beat a Connecticut team that was as loaded as it was. But they did just that, and they reached the Final Four. For that, I think they're top five worthy. Mm. So it wasn't perhaps just the one win. It was the culmination of everything Well, I had did. this one. I mean, just the fact that they were able to get past UConn, I, I have this as – if you could do a whole run, certainly. I yeah. mean, it would probably rank higher. But I had this one win because they, they did edge them out 86 to 84 – and the fact that they did that, you know, against a Connecticut team as loaded as it was, yeah, yeah, it has to be top five. All right, as we put this list together, I think there will be a lot of debate at number four. And this one, you would think, perhaps needs to be a little bit higher. And we had this debate, I think, last week when we were discussing the best moments in March Madness history. I had this at number one, and Jake, of course, had it buried. I had it at three or four, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Well, it's not buried when you think about Villanova, UNC, that moment, and you think about Christian Leitner. I think the Christian Leitner play is still better than the alley-oop. I'm sorry. We're referencing survive in advance, North Carolina State. Yes. Now, here we have the championship game where they beat Houston. They ended the 26-game win streak with that alley-oop. 26-game winning streak. 26-game winning streak, yeah. Uh, and you, th- you th- By Slamajama. Uh-huh. You think this should be higher? I think I can make more compelling arguments for the top three that come after. And when we put down the criteria, we mentioned, of course, uh, the matchups. And you got a team there, a national power, 26-game winning streak. You had a North Carolina State squad. They got hot at just the right time, starting the ACC tournament, then getting in to the big dance and what they did. And then when you're also looking at the criteria, did it have one of those moments and this one, I think, probably had the greatest moment of all time. Correct? Uh, one of. Yeah. It's not. The, it's not the greatest moment. National championship is up for grabs, and you're scrambling to get a shot off, and somehow a guy leaps up and he throws one down, 
with no time left on the clock. National championship is up for grabs. You've got Duke and Kentucky, the two <laughs> Blue Bloods playing one another. You go a f- near full court pass. Christian Leitner jumps up to get it, spins, pivots, and yeah. hits the jump shot. I'm sorry. That's better. Biggest upset in March Madness history at number four, North Carolina State pulling the big upset. On the seven seconds. You can see the time. Wittenberg. Oh, that's a long ways. Oh man, it's it's sweet. It's yeah. up there. Yeah. I just think you're overrating it just a bit. Number four. All right, at number three, this was a huge upset. Huge upset. This was the start of the dynasty. Duke beating UNLV in 1991. Now we talked about Houston's 26 game win streak. Well, UNLV had a 45 game win streak. Think about that. Yeah, 45 straight games. And, and the lineup that UNLV had at the time. And UNLV beat Duke by 30 points the year previous. Yeah. And so here's here's the thing about this game. If you look at UNLV that season, they were the cool team. They were the nonchalant, we know we're going to, this is going to be a cakewalk. It's, this is nothing for us. Uh, 32 of their 34 wins were by double digits. Mm. Let me repeat that. Only two games that year were decided by less than double digits. That is incredible. What a dominant team. Yet, here comes Duke and Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner, and they lead Duke to the rematch championship victory. I think it's a great story. I think it's one of the greatest upsets of all time. And for that reason, I think it's greater than NC State ending Houston's 26-game win streak. Here's what it sounded like. Larry Johnson brings the ball up. Looks like he wants to go all the way with it. He's outside now, stopping his dribble. Leitner on him. Hunt will have to do something. Put the three. three. Off the back. Hunt it long. Hurley's got it. Duke has done it. Duke has upset UNLV. They end the year 34-1. Uh, and one. Mm. Team that featured uh, Larry Johnson, Stacy Ogman. Greg Anthony, just to name a few. Yeah. They were loaded. They were loaded. Yeah. And they were the team, you know, that, you know, everybody feared to play. And just dominant, winning in dominant fashion. And including, you know, a win against Duke. You know, that streak extended to their win against Duke, and a 30-point victory. So, for Duke to go out there and put that, you know, you got to overcome that mentally, too. So, so to be, be mentally strong enough to go out there and, and – and win that championship game, yeah. This is one of the greatest upsets in sports history. All right, got to number two, and obviously they got to be pretty good if they're going to beat uh, the, the two games that we just mentioned. I got the Villanova over Georgetown, yeah. the perfect game, 1985. We were, we discussed this in great detail last week because it was one of the greatest moments, I felt, in March Madness history. Patrick Ewing goes down. Patrick Ewing goes down, and just to refresh your memory, this was the game where you kind of initiated the shot clock, right? Mm-hmm. This was the game where um, – you know, Villanova really eight clock on all 58 possessions and made 22 of 29 field goals. It's described by many as the perfect game. It took a perfect game for them to upset Georgetown. Unfortunately, it didn't have the perfect call because uh, we've tried now. I uh, went back again and then just looked for different versions of it. There isn't like this this call that just defines this 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 win. No, sadly, that I mean, it's a part of it. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I hate that. But, but still, remarkable win for Villanova over Georgetown. And at number one. Number one, we just saw it. Yeah. UMBC over Virginia. I think it's the greatest upset we've seen in March Madness. Yeah, it's the only one that's ever happened, 16 versus one. 16 over one. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this for a long time. Will we ever see that happen? Some people thought we would never yeah. see the day that that would happen. The fact that this Virginia team in the ACC – not not someplace like the Big 12 or, you know, anywhere else. In the ACC, dominated. Top overall seed. Dominated teams like Duke, dominated teams like North Carolina en route to winning an, an ACC tournament and then turns around and, do, and, and gets beat in the first round by UMBC. And the beauty of it was it wasn't by a point. It wasn't by a last-second shot. It wasn't by a fluke. Yeah. It wasn't by holding the ball going four corners. Yeah, they scorched Virginia. And you know what? They scored 53 points in the second half against the Virginia defense. That was, you know, that's what they were known for. And yet they just went out there and took it to them. I, I think this is worthy of being number one because of, of the historical significance, never seen it before, and simply because this was a really great Virginia team that we won't remember as being great. We'll remember as being the first team – first number one seed to go down to a number 16 seed that was fun hopefully uh, we'll have a couple of great games to talk about this weekend of course it all gets underway saturday afternoon on tbs let's take a time out coming up next our parting shots so earlier in the week we had a goal at trying to interview ronda rousey correct correct and it did not go well it did not go well and i think this happened on the same day yes she was going through the car wash. Yeah, she was going through the car wash. So it was cringeworthy. We thought that was pretty bad. Oh, not, it does not it only got worse. It does not compare to this exchange with Matt's Kellerman. If you day. like awkward interviews, man, you're going to love what you're going to hear coming up after the break. The Morning Drive is back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Nazir Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR. Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe. Your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe. 
or call us at 812-BANK, B-O-R. We are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Rain for our area should be ended by noon with a high of 76 degrees today. Partly cloudy skies, a big cool tonight, a low 52. Plenty of sunshine in the forecast for tomorrow with a high of 72 degrees. Local sports talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Local Sports Talk. We are local. <laughs> local on the 8th. How's the weather, Jake? Can we get a weather report from uh, you? Seeing as though we're in a studio with no access to what it looks like outside. Everybody else right now probably has better access or at least uh, has a better weather report for us. Yes. It's still wet. I'm going to presume that. I am assuming, though, uh, Mother Nature did a, a thing on our computers. Can I blame Mother Nature on that? Yeah. Look, if you texted us, we apologize, but our computers do not want to act right today. So, Kind of like Jake. Don't want to act right? It is parting shots. Look here. Look here, Blondie. God, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that. And you and Nick up there and your little punch and juice show, y'all kind of made fun of it and went on to the next subject. I don't know why we can't understand that. And y'all treat me like garbage, man. Well, I don't really care to answer the critic. Y'all trumped up all over me. Wrong. That is absolutely wrong. I'm a crowd pleaser. That's what I do. I try to play to my crowd. And I don't really care about that. It's the end of the conversation. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Trying to organize a uh, golf uh, matchup for tomorrow. And uh, may invite Tharp if he doesn't run. Really? He's not scared. Calling Tharp out on the radio. I hope you're listening, Tom. Yeah, if he's not scared. Yikes. There's nothing better than seeing a rattled Tommy Tharp on the golf course. Y'all should put some money down. Uh, I can get into his head. The problem is my game is not very good. So <laughs> You can talk the talk. You just can't <laughs> yes, walk the walk. Exactly. Yeah. But there was one day when he went down, and he went down hard. Yeah. So it, we'll work on that. We've heard about that day quite a bit. I, I know. The it's the one shining moment <laughs> of my golf game. <laughs> Uh, he must have had a really bad day. Can't believe you don't like one shiny moment. No. You know, they tried to change it up a, a couple of years ago with a different version. It just didn't go over as well. Well, just get a new song. One shiny moment. There's certain things that you don't mess with with March Madness. One of them being you don't put it, the national championship game on TBS over CBS. And the hey, other is one shiny moment. I make fun of one shiny moment, but... I don't care enough for them to change it. Like, I know there are other people who would be outraged. Listen, you don't stay till the end of the coverage let to watch me that. Finish. Right. I, I, what I'm saying is, I, I can deal with the music because of tradition. Because uh-huh. I am, I hate when people change stuff that I love. Like, as far as, like, like the SEC on CBS, why did they go to these, like, new country bands and, oh, awful. Just give me the dun, da, da, dun. Mm. Like, just give me that. That's all I want. That's all I want. So, do you think they're trying to catch, keep up pace with that college game day? I course? don't know, man. It's garbage yeah. is what it is. Oh, wow. It upsets me. Yeah, talk about a parting shot. Jake coming out hard. I really don't like that. Right. I, I love the whole – like I would get goosebumps when I – because that was my favorite thing. I'd sit down on a Saturday, watch an SEC game, and it's like, yeah. The opposite end of that spectrum, talking about not getting goosebumps, but I think uh, the majority of us enjoy a cringeworthy moment, an interview that goes bad. I don't think – I don't think most people enjoy that. Like, there are people out there that 
avoid the like my wife can't watch this type of stuff oh, really? like she can't if it's something awkward she just don't show me yeah. I, I can't see that yeah. uh but this is one of those things that i wouldn't be able to show her because uh, so ronda rousey was doing the uh, car wash at espn earlier this week and uh, we played you the interview with golick and how that did not go well yeah that went about as bad as it could. So I think after that, she went back and her, and her PR person said, all right, we need to work on this and that. And if they ask you this question, this is how you handle it. She, they tried to coach her up a little bit. Let me, let me refresh people's memory. He asked a question about her loss. And she d- never wants to talk about her loss. She can't own it. Therefore, it will forever haunt her. Yeah. But he asked, so it, he, had, sorry, he asked, would you return to fighting? Or are you done fighting? She said, I never said that. I never said I'm done fighting. And so he followed up with, so you would go back in time and, and fight, potentially. And she took that as, oh, I'm going to go back in time, like in a time machine, rather than, so, comma, in time, comma, you would go back. Mm-hmm. And I think she's smart enough to know what he was asking. She was just being rude. Like, mm-hmm. she was just being difficult. Well, here's her being difficult again with Max Kellerman on first take. Okay, Rhonda, what they didn't play in that preview that they heard Stephen A. and me talking about you was I said that you were a woman who through your fighting, when, it, when you became such a big deal that when you lost, it's like the earth stopped spinning on its axis. And that's the part I chose to focus on after your loss in the, w, in the UFC. Like, why is everyone talking about, oh, my God, she lost, is she over it, all these kind of things, when you achieved such heights that one loss, the whole world stopped and noticed it. Why do you think there was a kind of negative backlash to you after the loss? Um. In other words, people, in, in, you must be aware, in the, in the MMA world, there was a lot of talk, well, she was overrated, she was this, she was that, and my point of view was, at the time and remains, that you achieved amazing heights. Almost no one wins forever. Everyone suffers setbacks. But there seemed to be like an unusual amount of negative pushback after your loss. Did you, did you not experience that? I experience a lot of people who quote some people that are really just afraid to state their own opinion. Do you think it's my opinion? That, no, that's not my opinion. I can tell you right now, that's not my opinion. I thought you achieved amazing things. I was and am, remain a big fan of your fighting and of you. That's not, that's not me saying some people meaning me. That is me saying I read and heard from others and defended you. Well, thank you for defending me. I appreciate that. Okay. Rhonda, I <laughs> Get in there, Stephen A. All right. A couple things, and we'll go big picture. First of all, that was done in a satellite interview, and I've done a couple of these. They're, they're not easy. It's like a lot of times us in the morning just doing a phone interview. When somebody's not in person and you don't see their reaction and sometimes things are taken out of context, and then they're basically just, you know, they got an IFB in their ear, and, of course, they're looking at a camera, which can be a little intimidating. I don't know if it's intimidating for her because she's done this countless times. So just that full disclosure. Then second of all, Hey, listen, whenever you're doing one of these interviews, and listen, we do it on a daily basis here. You ask a question, and sometimes you get long-winded, and you basically point, paint yourself into a corner, and it, you're just trying to bail yourself out at one point. And another pet peeve, and you, you heard Max Kellerman do it there, 
whenever you're starting to ask a question and you use my and I at least four or five times in that long-winded question, yeah. you're getting yourself into trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, and she did not uh, get, let throw him a, uh, you know, a lifesaver at all, and he could have done a better job. When she paused, sometimes when you're interviewing someone, the best thing you can do, best strategy is just wait them out. Make, make pause. Silence is okay. Yeah, here's my thing. I don't, you know, I don't like her, but she has had. I'm trying to think of how much time she's had over a year to have come up with, and it not an excuse, but a response as to why she lost those fights. It's been, I think, almost not a year and a half, but close to a year and a half since she lost to Amanda Nunes, even longer from when she lost to Holly Holm. So she's had this much time to to think of a response because you know if you're going on a sports show, I know you're promoting WWE, but they're going to ask you about your previous career in MMA because it's a sports show. They're going to want to talk about mm -hmm. sport. So that being the case. So don't go on first take to start with. Well, I'm sure WWE put her up to it. I'm sure she doesn't really. I mean, just knowing how she didn't want to do interviews when she started losing. When she was winning, yeah, I'll do interviews. But when she started losing, she didn't want to do interviews at all. Just knowing that, I'm sure WWE put her up to it. But you got to think or talk to somebody in WWE and say, hey, give me something. I mean, th they are all about, you know, you know, turning a, a negative into a positive. That's their business. Mm -hmm. They know how to, you know do that ask somebody but just say have something planned say it it, it doesn't have to be interesting she landed a nice uh, body blow there a low <sighs> blow against she kellerman just, look for, you didn't for, like that blow when you say i me referring to someone else i thought kellerman i can't blame kellerman for that i i he did paint himself in a corner there yeah. but ultimately she's got to answer that question She's got to answer it. She can't run from it. She's constantly ran from it, and it's just calls for these awkward moments. Mm. Anyway, you're you're not you didn't really follow. You still don't really follow MMA that closely. You you know who Ronda is mm -hmm. after hearing these interviews this week. We should book her tomorrow. Let's work on that favor. <laughs> Ronda Rousey will be on the morning drive tomorrow. <laughs> you're interviewing her. I, I'm not talking to her. She, I don't think she's likable at all. No. You agree with me on I that? I agree. Okay. I just, I can't. She wasn't even likable in Entourage when she made that cameo she's appearance. She's awful. <laughs> she's, I don't think she's been good in WWE either. Yeah. I'll say that. I think Tabor disagrees with me on that. Tabor, do you think she's done a good job? It's a work. <laughs> it's a work. <laughs> it's all a work. It's a work. Yeah, keep telling yourself that. It's all a work. She's going to blossom eventually. It doesn't whether she does or not. It doesn't matter. She's working she's gonna the crowd. She's going to get interest. She's going to get you know money for for that company. But I just I don't like her. That's all it is. Hey, I'll tell you. Let me before we go. I got a quote here that'll get you. All right. One final thing about Richie on this subject. She said she lost. It's MMA. It happens. She doesn't know anyone. And a response on how how she feels. Why she lost. She, she, the only one that's complaining are those who want her to answer from Richie. Yeah, but you're going to keep getting asked. It's not for us. It's for her. Like, she needs to have an answer so she can move on. Oh. Like, so people will stop asking her about it. Like, if you answer, if you just come out and answer that, how many people ask Connor? And I know he eventually. Jake, Jake who, who's really needing to move on here? Hmm. 
You talking about the media? Yeah. If you go on a sports show, they're going to ask you about MMA. But she if you own her, it, she doesn't owe them anything. If she owns it, if she go ahead, if she addresses it in the moment, which I know the moment's passed, and she's still working address y'all. it now. I'm telling you, she's you working can, y'all. <laughs> you can still address it. Therefore, they can't ask you about it anymore. You could, or you can just repeat that regurgitated answer. Therefore, it's not interesting and it's not shared on media platforms. That's all I'm saying. I'm trying to help her out because I could care less. I, I, I think the sport passed her by, to be honest. Anyway, here's a quote for you, Aaron. All right, is this a LeBron quote? Yes. All right. Uh, you, I know you love to hate on him, but I'm sure you saw this. But they asked him about MVP. Who would you vote for? This was his response. I would vote for me, the body of work, how I'm doing it, what's been happening with our team all year long, how we've got so many injuries and things of that nature, guys in and out. To be able to still keep this thing afloat, I definitely would vote for me. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you do yeah, like that. I do like it. I like it too, but I figured Because that is how he feels. At least he's not giving you a Honestly. politically correct okay. answer. Good. <laughs> I figured you'd take that opportunity to slam LeBron like you normally do. All right, uh, college baseball tonight. Hopefully we will have some baseball. LSU versus uh, Mississippi State. ULM traveling to Texas Arlington. And Louisiana Tech versus Florida International. That out at J.C. Love Field, Pat Patterson Park. We will be back bright and early tomorrow morning. Hey, what do we got going on tomorrow? How about these two guests that we have booked? Talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, John Brady, former LSU head coach, of course, led the Tigers to the Final Four. He'll join us. We'll talk a little March Madness. Also take a walk down memory lane You're with him. You're in the lead. He will join us at 745. And we have dug up the teller from some uh, low-rent casino in uh, – <laughs> who knows where he will join us at eight thirty. We'll have some uh, odds and other things with the teller coming I can't up at eight thirty. Wait, talk to the teller. All right, you're the only one. Okay, <laughs> probably so. <laughs> Everybody have a fantastic day. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN nine seven seven dot com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.